Welcome into the Bear Down Podcast right here on the ESPN Chicago app. I'm Chris Black along with Adam Abdallah. You can listen to our show weeknights 6 to 8 on ESPN 1000. Tuesdays and Thursdays, we bring to you the Bear Down Podcast talking football, the Chicago Bears in the NFL. And Abdallah, this week, obviously the week in between the NFC, AFC Championship Games and the Super Bowl. We have our matchup, Philadelphia and Kansas City for the Super Bowl next week. We will preview that game here on this podcast next week. We also have huge news in the NFL this week with Tom Brady announcing his retirement. So as a Bears fan, when you take a look at the current landscape of uh, the NFC and the NFL overall, it really feels like it is all about opportunity for the Chicago Bears. The most cap space... Uh, the number one pick, uh, really a, a fresh start for this franchise. And you already have your quarterback. So when you look around the NFC, Philadelphia, I think, will be good for a long time. San Francisco, I think they'll be good for a long time. And outside of that, it's not like the conference. The NFC really has a bunch of powerhouses. And then also, to add to that mix, rumors again this week, from Adam Schefter about Aaron Rodgers and the Packers possibly wanting to explore a trade at some point this offseason, it seems to me the entire conference is almost up for grabs except for two teams and the two teams that we saw in the NFC Championship game last week. Um, Yes and no, because I was just looking through the, the conference and I was like, all right, who are the two? Let's assume Aaron Rodgers is gone, right? Let's just assume he's gone. What are the two? Who are the two best quarterbacks in the, in the conference? Then it's uh, probably uh, Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott. Because besides that, I mean, is Stafford still a viable option if he comes back healthy? Stafford for the healthy. Rams? Stafford healthy would be number one. Okay. Then, Kyler Murray. Then I would place Dak number two. Okay. Kyler and Jalen are three four. What's I mean? Are the Seahawks set on G- on Geno Smith? What are the 49ers going to do? Like Brock Purdy, like it's coming out today that six to nine months for his Tommy John surgery. Uh, the foul, like the entire NFC South doesn't have a quarterback. Yeah. The entire NFC South, Atlanta, New Orleans, Carolina, and Tampa now do not have quarterbacks, and a couple of those teams might be tanking for a Caleb Williams for, in next year's draft. So then you look at the East where we think the two of the best quarterbacks are in Jalen Hurts and Dak Prescott, and then I still don't believe in Daniel Jones, and I don't know what Washington's doing at quarterback. I don't think they know either. And then in the North, he, J- Justin Fields might be the best quarterback in the North if Aaron Rodgers leaves because what? You've got Jordan Love, Kirk Cousins, and Jared Goff? Well, statistically, it's Kirk Cousins. Okay. He had a good year last year. Yeah. Give him credit for that. But who, would build- you rather, but who would you rather have? If you're building to the future, it's a different answer. But if you said who's the best quarterback right now, it's Kirk Cousins. I don't want him as my quarterback for the future, or if I'm a team trying to win or get to the Super Bowl, I don't want him as my quarterback. But He's the best quarterback, though, if, in the division. But if all things are equal, and the Bears are playing the Vikings, all things are equal, talent level, everything else. I'd rather have Justin Fields. Yeah. But statistically, Cousins okay. is the better quarterback. All right. So statistically for now, Cousins is the better quarterback. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm just giving you. They were so, all proven to, be, to, proven to be big phonies in the well, playoffs. Just so we don't sound like straight up homers. No, that, I understand like, I'm that. just pointing out that they. But we said this last clearly, year too. We said going into last well, yeah, year. Yeah, but this, if you and I are building teams, I'm never taking Cousins as my quarterback. Yeah, of course not. Of course not. So I would rather have a younger um still to develop quarterback in fields than Cousins. Yeah. Cousins is exactly what we've seen from him. 
But as far as, you know, who had the better season, you can't argue no, that no, Fields no, 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 had no. a better season than Kirk I'm Cousins. saying next when we get to next season and we're doing, like, predictions or whatever, that as of right now, the quarterbacks in the NFC are Dak, Jalen Hurts, Stafford, Kyler Murray. I would also say the same conversation we just had about the Vikings, you can apply the same thing to the Lions. Jared Goff had a better season than Justin oh, Fields. Oh, yeah, yeah. Theoretically, he's a better quarterback. I would rather have Fields than Goff. Yeah, but the, the the again, the stuff around him is better. He's got the better offensive line. He's got the better weapon. But like, statistically, yes. he had better passing numbers yes. than Justin Fields last year. But if you're looking at the court, like I'm happy that the Bears are in the NFC looking at the future of this team because, you know, you have to compete with the Joe Burrows and the Patrick Mahomes and, you know, wherever Aaron Rodgers ends up and, you know, whatever uh, ends up happening to Lamar Jackson and, you know, so and Justin Herbert. So there's, like, so many more quarterbacks in the AFC that the Bears have a great option in Justin Fields when it comes to the depth of quarterback position in the NFC. What do you think Washington does? Tyler Henneke, uh, they all say Carson Wentz this year. Sam Howell played a game because uh, of injuries. And Jake Fromm, those are the quarterbacks on their their uh, depth chart. I feel like Washington is a sleeper contender to be in play for one of these quarterbacks that may be bounced around, whether it be Derek Carr. Um, it could be, you know, there's a few names that are out like Garoppolo. Could yeah. that be a spot for Garoppolo, Washington? Mm-hmm. It could. Be. I mean, look, they were eight, eight, and one last year. Uh, they have the sixteenth pick in this year's draft, so you're not getting a quarterback in this draft that you're like building around, right? You're not getting. Will Levis is not falling to sixteen. C.J. Stroud is not falling to sixteen. Um, now, are they a candidate to trade up with that pick? They could be. Possibly. They could trade that pick and then get, you know, move up and maybe trade with, uh, if someone starts to fall, maybe trade with, I doubt they trade with Indianapolis because they want their quarterback, but they could trade with Carolina. They could trade with Seattle at five. What if they traded with Seattle at five? Because Seattle trusts Geno Smith and they're like, we're going to be good with Geno. We'll trade with Washington and they end up with Will Levis or they end up with, you know, uh, CJ Stroud or Bryce Young or whatever. They could, but... Again, it could be Derek Carr. He's like, between him and Jimmy Garoppolo, I mean, is Tannehill on the move? Like, I don't know Tannehill's contract situation right now. But because of, of Tom Brady retiring, there's like the, the options a quarterback go down. And I think that helps the Bears and their draft capital right now because there are less quarterbacks. It's supply and demand. There's less quarterbacks available. So people are going to want where there's like the best quarterback ever is no longer available two teams to sign as a free agent. So, like, he couldn't go to the 49ers. He couldn't go to Washington. He can't go to the Jets. So, like, that, I think that helps the Bears and and raises the price of that number one overall pick. So, to answer your question about Tannehill, Tannehill will be a free agent in 2024. He has a void year in his contract, and he will have a cap hit of $9 million. Ooh, that's not bad. You could cut him. But... This year, you can't. Uh, uh, here, So 23, he's under contract for this final season. Uh, 27, but his cap number is 36. So I will say the dead cap number for Tannehill is only 18. So if you had a much better solution for Tennessee, perhaps you could eat the 18, but I don't see that taking place. They also took uh, Malik Willis 
last year in the draft. So wouldn't you imagine they're still going to try and develop him, keep Tannehill for one more season, and then he'll be a free agent next year and he'll only have a cap hit of nine mil. What does Baker Mayfield do? I think Baker will be... He's a free agent. He will be spit out in the back end of the uh, quarterback why does, roulette. Why doesn't he go to Washington? That defense, they're already 8-8. Eight and eight. I feel like Washington wouldn't be a horrible landing spot for Baker Mayfield. Like, is he better than Heineke? I actually had a different idea with, um, with Baker. I, I, I don't think you're wrong. I think Washington might be a good spot. The other spot that I was thinking about is New Orleans. Ooh, okay. I was going to go with the Jets maybe too. I think you need a defense to support his possible screw-ups, right? New Orleans kind of kind yeah. of good defensively. But and the Washington, have, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and the, the Jets, you're yeah. right. I think you need the defense for, for Baker for when he throws interceptions and like you need to stop that, right? Like Because he's going to throw interceptions. Now, so to I, me, I, you need that you need that stopgap. Is, is there a team that could give Baker a chance, kind of like what Seattle gave Geno Smith a chance, where they're okay with him being the guy, I or think, or is he always going to be in situations where he's going to a team that drafted a young player and then he has to compete, and then eventually the young player just jumps jumps his spot on the roster? Well, I don't think if you're one of these teams that's bringing in a top quarterback, if you're Houston, Indianapolis, Carolina, like I don't think you're gonna gonna bring in May- Baker Mayfield for that, for that purpose. So I think maybe the Jets because I don't think Zach Wilson's the guy, and I think they're. I think if, if we're right about someone so far, we were right about Zach Wilson, and uh, I think that that's that to me would be the only place where he would compete for a spot. Right, but if he signs to Washington, he's the guy in Washington. If he signs in New Orleans, he's the guy in New Orleans. Like Dalton is whatever he is, and I don't know what they're doing with Jameis Winston. So I think those are the two spots where he's the guy. Where if you want in New York to bring in competition, if you can't trade for Aaron Rodgers, because if Aaron Rodgers, if they trade for Aaron Rodgers, he's the guy, right? Like he's not competing with Zach Wilson or anything like that. So if he signs with the Jets, then you would say, hey, we're bringing in Baker Mayfield because there's, there, then there would mean that there's no market for Baker Mayfield. He's got to sign a, a low deal. He's going to go in. They're going to say he's competing. The organization really wants to go with Zach Wilson because they want to be right about their draft pick, right? But they're going to say, like, hey, like they're going to have a true competition between Zach Wilson and Baker Mayfield. You know what's interesting is, is when you also look at, like, the NFC South – Tampa Bay and the retirement information of uh, Tom Brady walking away, like they are, they are stuck. Like that's it, man. We we've discussed how the Los Angeles Rams had a philosophy of trading away first round picks to bring in uh, players who are um, known commodities, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, star level guys who immediately can contribute, and that's how they built their team. And for better or worse, they win a Super Bowl. But then also, if you have injuries to those star players, you immediately uh, turn into dust. Like the team is absolutely not able to compete whatsoever. Mm-hmm. And, and that, that is a fine way to, to go about it, but it's also not the NBA. So chances are, in more years than not, that your stars are all going to get injured because that's just how football kind of works is usually injuries happen and you have to navigate the season doing so. The Buccaneers 
are like that on steroids. They are negatively at $55 million of cap space. Yeah. Like, they have no room to enhance their roster whatsoever. Yeah. And, and so they, they need a quarterback. They, they have no cap space. And they really, quite frankly, for, for, the te- for going into the future, they have no real hope. Like, what's the hope for the Buccaneers going forward? Like, that is a team that's going to be bad for quite some time. Because at least the Rams could say, Donald healthy, Ramsey healthy, Stafford healthy, Cup healthy, we're going to uh, compete to, to win our division. If those guys are healthy, they're still in the mix. With Tampa Bay, what do you have to offer? Well, you don't. You blow it up. And you enter the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's what you do. Yeah. You blow it up. You trade Mike Evans. You see what you can get for Julio Jones. Like you trade Chris Godwin. Like you start. You just start picking off pieces, right? And you trade everything that you have, and you just bottom out. And you got your Super Bowl. Brady got you the Super Bowl. That's what you signed him for. Yeah, both teams won Super Bowl that we're talking about. Rams and Bucks. So you got it. And now I feel like the Rams less so because. They have more star power that they need to take care of. Like Aaron Donald's a free agent, Jalen Ramsey's like you gotta or coming up on like you need to to start thinking about signing some of these guys before they become free agents. But with Tampa, you don't have the quarterback. At least the Rams have Stafford, right? Like he's serviceable when healthy. If you're Tampa, you blow this up. And you you're just like, we're gonna be real bad and we're gonna try to get Caleb Williams and we're gonna try to rebuild this thing again, right? That to me is what you would do. That's what I would recommend them do. See what see what the Bears can get from Mike Evans. Well, you know who's interesting is uh, what about uh, Vita Vea? Yeah. He's a free agent in 27. Okay. He is 27 years old right now. Perfect. He's under contract for uh, the next few years, but his number is pretty low. It's like $15 million a year. Perfect. As a defensive uh, line interior player, I like disruptor. Yeah. He, he's a solid player. I would like that. Go call, give him a call. He Feel led like- the Bucks in sacks last year at six and a half, which is super low, but still. Because here's the thing with the Bucks, right? If you couldn't have Tom Brady get you there, who's going to get you there? You're not. Right? Like, Tom Brady did look bad at times, but you had guys dropping receivers. The defense was bad. Like, you've got – you need to blow this up if you're Tampa and just be the worst and try to get a, try to get Caleb Williams. Why not? Is Devin White uh, worth anything to you? Um, let me He's a first-round pick from 2019. He had five and a half sacks last year. Linebacker, yeah. he had 73 tackles. Yeah. I mean, he's only 24. He's 24, yeah. Yeah. I'm just trying to figure out ways to improve the defense without going through the draft because I feel like that's what Ryan Poles is going to have to do. He's going to have to find well, pieces defensively to piece this together to build it back it up. It depends. Do they sign Deron Payne in the offseason before the draft and then they stay away from Jalen Carter because of that, because they have the big guy in the middle? And do they get like, do they, do they then, how many times are they trading back? Like, do they stop at four? Do they trade back at nine? Because if you trade back to nine, to me, you're not getting Carter or Anderson. So you're probably going to have to go with Quentin Johnson as a wide receiver. So to me, there's more later in the draft, yes, but it all depends on where they end up, really, and what they do in the, like what they do in free agency. First. I wonder what you could trade for uh, Vita Vea. Second, to get him. Second round pick. That'd be nice to have one uh, that, that you just used on Chase Claypool. You still have. Well, see, but here's the thing, though. Like, 
if you trade, but you're right. If you're able to move back multiple times in the first round, you can get more first collect round. assets yeah. and then spin off to try and get other players. Well, you could trade your second round pick now and just know that we're going to be able to to get more back. Like I know, like would you draft Vita Vea with the second overall with the second round pick? Yeah, I think so. Okay, then trade your second round pick for him. Yeah, that's right. Sim- that's simple, right? And then you hope to. To me, it's not giving up a lot because if you would draft him in that position then why not just trade for that and then trade back your number one pick to two or to four or to nine or wherever and get another second-round pick out of that deal. Get that team's second-round pick. He had a career high last year in tackles for loss was seven. He had 13 quarterback hits uh, with six and a half sacks. Like, that's a player on a team that's going nowhere that maybe you could use some draft capital to bring in yeah. who's in his prime. He's 27. He's under contract. He'll be here for a few years. And, like, that's the other piece of this is you and I keep talking about this narrow window that Ryan Poles is going to have to try and hit where the end of Justin Fields' rookie deal matching up with, in 2024 and 25, this team trying to compete before then everything shifts and you have to pay Justin Fields a brand-new contract which then eats into 35, 40% of the salary cap. Yeah. And so I understand that they're going to build with young players and they're going to start from the bottom. They tore everything down and then now they're going to build back up. But you're going to have to add some talented guys and get creative to like really get this team to a competitive nature uh, in this offseason. But I think it can be done. And I think you look at teams like the Bucks. You look at teams that don't add that quarterback that are going to be maybe still tanking next year that say, hey, there's only three quarterbacks in this draft, and we like Caleb Williams or the kid out of uh, North Carolina that's going to be uh, big next year. Or is it Duke? North Carolina. North Carolina. And you say, hey, yeah, we, like, we like those two guys better, so we're going to try to be bad for a quarterback next year. And I think the Bucks could be like that team. And then you look at them, you go, hey, you make that phone call. Hey. What's Vita Vea going to cost? What's Devin White going to cost? What's Evans going to cost? What's got like you look and say, hey, what are these guys going to cost? Because you want to accumulate assets. You don't have any draft picks. You need to accumulate assets. Drake May. Drake May. That's it. Ask what what a Jalen Ramsey would cost. Say, hey, you're not going to be able to pay him. What's Jalen Ramsey cost these days? Like find that stuff out. Do that kind of homework and just say, hey, would we draft Vita Vea with the second overall or second round pick? Would we draft he- this person there? Would we do that? Hey, keep that phone line open for us on draft day for that second. If we get another second-round pick, Bucks, a higher second-round pick than what we currently have, which is 54 right now, keep that phone line open for us. You might be getting that pick. Just saying. Keep a line open for us. Do you want to put into perspective Tom Brady's career as he, he announces his retirement at age fifty, uh, age forty-five, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen. He's the best quarterback that ever played. He had a great career. His last year sucked. He won a bunch of championships. Congrats. Well, he was he was very good in his last year. His last year didn't suck. He was fine. Well, he was he led the league in passing. He was fine. That's more than fine. Did they get to the playoffs? Yes. Okay. Did they win a playoff game? No. Okay. He was fine. They looked really bad in that game. Yeah, they did. He was fine. Dallas killed him. Yeah. They were fine. He was fine. Best quarterback I've ever seen play. Uh, seven Super Bowls, five-time Super Bowl MVP uh, for the NFL overall in the regular season, a three-time MVP. 
And uh, the fact that he only lost 82 games in his career is just a, it's just incredible to me. On average, for Brady's entire career, he lost three and a half games per season. Yeah. That's wild. Yeah, it's crazy. That That's almost more impressive than the seven Super Bowl wins, is that he played all of those seasons, and he only was averaging three and a half losses per season, which means, think about throughout the career that he had. Each season, the grind from week to week and talking to the media, three and a half times a year where yeah. he would have to respond to, you guys lost, how do you fix things? Yeah. Right? Like, we're, we're used to quarterbacks having to respond each and every week to, you lost, how do you fix things? And for Brady's entire career, three and a half losses per season. My, my That's wild. The most impressive stat for me is... He has more game-winning drives than anybody. Now, obviously, he's played longer, but he has 50, 58 times. Yeah. 58 games. Think about that. 58 games where he was like, no, you know what? I got this. Like, think about the Super Bowl where they beat the uh, Seahawks. That was one of the best defenses, like, ever. Legion of Boom. Best defenses ever assembled. Think about the comeback against Atlanta. Like they, like he found, he was just, I can do this. Doesn't matter. I'll throw an iPad. It'll be fine. 58 times he led his team back and won a game yeah. on a game winning drive. Like yeah. that to me is like, cause you know, th- three and a half wins or whatever. Like to me, that's like, that's a team thing. Cause the defenses were always really good with him in, in, uh, in, 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 uh, in Foxborough and with the Patriots and everything like sure. that. So to me, when he, when it's his job to win the game, 58 times he did it. He's the perfect example of what, when we were growing up, people always talked about, like, what a quarterback's supposed to be. Yeah. Right? Like, the guy that, at the end of the game, ball in his hands, makes the right decisions. He made the the smart football decision at every opportune time uh, at the end of games. He led his team down the field, the best teammate, straight up the best leader ever of a football team. Uh, it, it really is the perfect example. And then also, if you add in the story that like when he came into the NFL, lower draft pick, no hype as, as far as him being a franchise guy, uh, he's a backup, gets the gig, starts winning, he makes smart decisions, he, he is uh, not making mistakes. And then as his career develops, he, becomes in, he became into this elite prime time caliber quarterback which that's not how he entered the league I like I think that adds to how cool and the mystique behind the story of Tom Brady too is that when he started playing he wasn't expected to do anything just don't mess up kid yeah and then as the seasons went on he added to his game and then he became the most talented the best quarterback and like Every step of the way, he improved, and it's crazy. And then he got to a point where he was so old that, like, it was mystifying how he was able to continue to do it, even though we've been seeing him do it for so long. He continued to go out there and 
play well, and think be about great all the, at it. All the jokers he was throwing to, like yeah, he had Randy Moss for a year. All and, the like, jokers. He had Gronkowski for, but he had like Dion Branch, he was good. Yeah, but think of all the years where like who the hell is. Oh yeah, it was like Ben Hogan or that one. Who was yeah, his there was name? a Hogan. There was There's a Hogan. A, the Edelman. Uh, remember uh, Brown? every short little white guy out was there. Was it there uh, Tory Brown or Terry Brown or something? Or there there was a, a little uh, slot receiver. Was it Chris Hogan? Number no. eighty, I think, was Brown's number. Yeah, I mean, because I also remember, you know, we're old enough to remember, like we were in high school when Brady started, yeah. so that was like prime playing uh, video games and Madden on, on PS whatever, oh, yeah. mm-hmm. and like no one really ever played with the Patriots because they had such mundane pieces around their yeah. defense and Brady that like. You never picked up the controller like I'm going to be the Patriots. That's lame. You know, you're everyone else were the flashier teams at that time. Yeah, and so to like to me, it says it says a lot just because you look at the talent around, and every year it's like, well, what are they going to do? And it's like, dude, they're going to figure it out. They'll struggle for those first couple games. They'll they'll win some close games. They might lose one, and people will be like, oh, is it the end? Is it the end? And they're like, nah, they'll figure it out. They'll make the playoffs. They'll make another run. All right, so there you go. Tom Brady retires, and uh, we will continue with the Bear Down podcast next week, Tuesday and Thursday. It's Super Bowl week. That's right, Super Bowl 57, the Eagles and the Chiefs. We'll uh, break it down right here on the Bear Down podcast, Tuesdays and Thursdays, right here on the ESPN Chicago app. We'll talk to you then next week.